Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. Let me introduce you to Brian Godawa. Brian, good morning. Hey, Ryan. How you doing? Thank you so much for being here. So, a little background here. Now, I used to be the producer of the Dave Glover Show, and Glover did a segment, may still be doing a segment, called Paranormal Wednesdays, where we would have people on to talk about things that were outside of the natural. They were in the supernatural realm. And Brian is an expert in many things biblical, but I think in that interview, we talked about Nephilim a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that's fun. That and if you don't know much about Nephilim, they're mentioned one time in the Bible. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Brian, because you're the expert. They're they're mentioned, mentioned twice. Twice they're in the Bible. Twice. That's right. Once, befo- once before the flood of Noah, and then once upon entering into the Promised Land with Joshua and the spies. Yeah, and you're you're here to do exactly just that. Correct me when I'm wrong. And uh, what? Does that mean, let me, before we get really, really deep here, does that mean that Nephilim existed pre-flood and after flood? Is that your interpretation? Yes. According to the Bible, the phrase in Numbers, um, I think it's 32, it says, uh, when the spies came back, they go, they, they say, um, you know, the Anakim are in the land. That's another word for the giant clans, the Anakim. And he said, and they're tall as trees or whatever, and we're like grasshoppers in their sight, right? And then it says, and the Anakim, and, and there's a little uh, parenthesis that says the Anakim come from the Nephilim. And the only other place in the Bible where Nephilim is mentioned is Genesis 6 before the flood. So, in other words, the writer, Moses most likely, is making the connection that these giants that we see in the land of Canaan, they're connected to those evil beings before the flood. That's why we're going to be able to wipe them out. Ah, uh, see, this is fascinating stuff. I love, I love it's kind of the deep stuff in the Bible. And I was realizing yesterday that, and I don't know why I was thinking about this, maybe just because the Holy Spirit brought it to mind because I was going to be talking to you today, that uh, Jesus would do this. You know, he would he would throw out mysteries and just say, what do you think about this? Why does uh, the Bible refer to David, why does David refer to him as Lord if he's his son? You know, he would throw these things out there like that because I think he enjoyed having the kind of discussions that we're having right now. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, that's what draws me to this material anyway in the Bible. There's, look, there's a whole sort of fringe crowd these days, people, you know, Christians who are just saying wild and wacky things. And I, I think a lot of them go too far, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be interested in some of it. There are, we have to be honest and admit, there are some strange things in the Bible, and a lot of them point towards supernatural origins, which doesn't fit well with our modern sensibilities. But if we're going to be Bible believers, we're going to have to say, hey, let's explore this and find out what it really means and what the Bible says, rather than 
what we want to make for our comfortable spiritual lives. So true and good stuff. So before we get into your new books, Brian, uh, I've I've read, I think I've read some of your fiction and nonfiction, and I'm thinking back, and one of the things I love is whenever, like this, you've just put out two new books, you put out a book that's fiction, that's, you know, enjoyable, just kind of a good story, and then you put out a nonfiction book that's kind of parallel to that, right? Yes, it's basically, I provide the biblical and historical research behind the novel. And your new one is called Moses Against the Odds of Egypt, that's the fiction book. And the nonfiction, uh, 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 am I getting the reverse? Moses against the gods of Egypt. Um, oh, I, I said odds. Yes, I just re- yeah. read that wrong. <laughs> yeah. Moses against the gods of Egypt is the fiction book, and then the spiritual world of Moses and Egypt is the nonfiction. Shed some light on these. Yes. Well, you know, I used to actually write uh, the novel, and then I would have an appendix at the back of the book. But as as I kept writing novels, there was more and more research, so I decided I'm going to have to have a whole book just for the research. And that's because Christians do like to know where you get things from and what's your biblical basis. So I I enjoy doing that myself, so um, that's why I did that. But the new novel, Moses Against the Gods of Egypt, it's basically I'm retelling the story of Moses. All right, I know that's a hard one to do in today's world. Hasn't it been done to death? Don't we know it so well? What about Charlton Heston, right? (laughs) But here's the thing. When I did research on this, I found amazing things that that actually show Moses in quite a different light. As much as I love Charlton Heston, Moses was not quite, quite that strong-voiced, let my people go. As a matter of fact, I found things such as the Bible says Moses actually had a stuttering problem. So, um, the, you know, the, the, the story is a little bit different than what I'm, we're familiar with in the movies. But there's also another element that I wanted to bring in, and that was the supernatural element. And so while there's not, while there aren't really, um, there's only like, uh, there's minimal amount of giants that occur in this novel because um, the Bible story doesn't make really any reference to it, but in one possible story. But I'm dealing with another element, and that is called the Watchers. And the Watchers is this supernatural concept. We read about it in Daniel 4. You know, these, these spiritual beings that watch over the various nations, right? And Daniel talks about the, the prince of Persia and the prince of Greece. These are these spiritual watchers over the nations. And there's some kind of principalities or powers in the heavens that are connected to the earthly rulers. And so my, my concept in this series, Moses Against the Gods of, of Egypt, is part of a broader series of novels that I've been writing called Chronicles of the Watchers and Chronicles of the Nephilim. And, and it deals with, well, what are these spiritual supernatural watchers? What, what, what might that look like, right? And I connect them to the gods of the nations, because I thought, you know, hey, look, what if the gods of the nations that they worship, like in Egypt, they worship Horus and Isis and Osiris, what if there's some spiritual demonic reality behind these gods? They're not gods as they thought them, but maybe they're these fallen watchers that are watching over the nations. God gave them over to these watchers, and they're masquerading as these various deities. And so when God said in in Exodus 12, I will execute judgment upon the gods of Egypt, there's a supernatural judgment going on there. And, And so the novel is my attempt to tell that Moses story, but also say, well, what does the supernatural world, what might that look like where you've got these demonic beings being judged by these various plagues that God's bringing? Not just the humans, not just Egypt, but the gods as well. 
And so that's why I call this a supernatural epic Bible novel, where I'm trying to show that supernatural world. And, and you know, I mean, you have to come up with fictional, uh, a fictional approach, but in a way that's consistent with the biblical story that we do know. That's very interesting. Yet yeah, conceptually, that sounds like at least your fiction book would be in the same zone as like this present darkness or something like that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, only it's a little bit, it's not so much just that there are demons of lust, you know, hounding mm-hmm. us, but that there's these higher principalities in the heavens. In other words, there's an, it's, it's sort of like there's the mafia. There's a, a spiritual mafia going on of these rulers, and they're fighting for the powers of the nations while God is bringing his people out of those nations to establish his kingdom in contrast with those Gentile nations. And so imagine, if you will, you know, everyone, here's something. We always think of, um, you know, the, Satan and his demonic minions as if they're one unified army all working together towards evil. But think about it. If they're created beings and they have wills, right, yeah, they're, they're going to do evil, but they're not going to all be in unison. I mean, what evil people do act in unison, right? They may work towards the common goal, but they're also going to be jockeying for power amongst themselves, squabbling to be the chief, you know, demon or the chief watcher. And so I try to, I try to bring that, that dramatic um, component, sort of like watching The Godfather, but in the, in the supernatural realm, if, 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 that, if, that, if that's a metaphor that yeah. I can use. No, Brian, that's very fascinating because, you know, I, I moonlight as a, as a biblical uh, expert. Sometimes I try to pretend that I am and, and read enough to know something about it. And I, I've thought about that very topic, and I've never heard anybody mention it except you just now, that if there's this demonic hierarchy, it's not as if they're— you know, all sitting in the shadows and they're one of them's going, now you go left and you go right and we're all yeah. on the same team. You know, they it would <laughs> seem to me that reflecting the same way as our fallen world, people, these people hate each other. The demons, they hate each other. They don't like each other. Yeah. It's entirely based on power, the whole structure, just like it is on Earth, right? Exactly, exactly. And that's what makes it so interesting to me because otherwise it would be boring just showing all these you know, all these evil people doing or evil you know, spirits or whatever working together in unison while 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 the people of God are not. That's just it's just not realistic. But but the principle here is that there is a supernatural world that the Bible gives us hints at, but it only hints at, you know, and, and, and I want to pull back the curtain and say, what what is the spiritual equivalent of what's going on on Earth? And what I do is I try to in, integrate or incorporate the ancient Egyptian mythology. So you've got these gods, Horus and Isis, and they're, they're the watchers who are masquerading as the gods, but they had to create these myths and stories in order to get those humans to worship them, to draw worship away from Yahweh, right? So this is where we get these, these uh, Egyptian myths from. They come from this demonic origin, and uh, so I incorporate the real myths into my storyline in a spiritual way, so that while you're reading my novel, you're getting this, you know, fantastic supernatural sort of storyline uh, going on at the same time that 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 Moses is dealing with the plagues, but it's consistent with the the, the Egyptian worldview. So you're going to learn a lot about Egypt and and the way they really saw the world because that was the world Moses was raised in. He was, you know, uh, and he, you know, like what was he three months when he was when he was taken, right? So he was born and raised, or he was raised as an Egyptian. So by the time he discovers his Hebrew heritage, it's decades later. 
So I want to give a real, as, a, a real sense to the reader of this Egyptian world out of which Israel is going to be uh, leaving with the Exodus. Good stuff. Brian Godawa, I can endorse. I've read, I've actually read more of your nonfiction than your fiction, but I think I have read some of your fiction too. I've really enjoyed what I've read. He's a super smart guy. If you're interested in these topics at all, these books, he's got lots of others too. You just probably, what, Google you or Amazon? Where do you want people to find you? Yeah, everything's on Amazon. All my books are in um, ebook, paperback, and audio. And yeah, like you say, if, if you don't like the fictional novels, um, I write the, the research books. Yeah, they're companion books for the novels, but you don't have to read the novel to appreciate the theology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and super smart stuff. I mean, like I said, I like to pretend that I know something about these topics. And whenever I read your books, you bring up things that I'm like, man, I never would have thought of that. So really good stuff. Brian, again, what are the names of your new books and where to find them? Moses Against the Gods of Egypt, that's the next novel in the series Chronicles of the Watchers. Go and look at my name, uh, Brian Gadawa, on Amazon. Everything's on Amazon exclusively. And, um, you know, you can also, if you're, if you're curious about my world that I'm creating here with all these novels, because there's several series, go to Godawa.com, G-O-D-A-W-A.com, and you can, uh, you know, get a bunch of information from there. Brian Godawa, thank you so much for your time this morning. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.